Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 19, and we are talking about hindrances to faith. Now, if you missed any of the past episodes, you can go back, listen, and get caught up. Also, visit our website and blog at www.faithlife365.org. Now, my name is Tim Hardison, and in this podcast, we are going to talk about righteousness and how a lack of understanding that we have been made the righteousness of God hinders our faith. Now, let's pray and get started. Father God, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we, we thank you and praise you, as always, for your many blessings that you have granted us throughout these, these days and weeks, Father, of this year. Lord, we pray now that you would open our eyes that we may see, open our ears that we may hear. Father, give us knowledge, wisdom, understanding of your word, Lord, as we read. Let our faith grow, Father, as we read and study your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. What is righteousness? Well, Merriam-Webster defines righteousness as acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin, morally right or justifiable. That seems pretty straightforward. Those who believe Jesus is the Son of God and have confessed Him to be their Lord and Savior have been made the righteousness of God. We are free from guilt and sin. We've been made morally right and justifiable to God. We've been made right with God. So how do you view yourself as a Christian? Do you view yourself as one who can stand before God guilt-free? Can you enter into God's presence without condemnation, morally right and justified before God? Do you live your life as one who has been made free from guilt and sin? Many Christians do not. Many remain bound by guilt and shame over their past sins. Their conscience brings this guilt and shame upon them. They don't feel worthy to be in the presence of God. Many Christians live in sin consciousness. So where are you right now in your Christian walk with God? Do you feel guilt and shame over your past, over your past sins? Are you a new Christian just beginning the process of renewing your mind? Or have you been a Christian for many years? Are you still drinking milk? Or are you eating solid food? Are you mature or are you still a babe? Now, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 of the New English Standard Version. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So do you have a sin consciousness or a righteousness consciousness? If you're living under sin consciousness, you need to dive into the word of God and become skilled in the word of righteousness and in the word of God. See, sin consciousness is a destroyer of faith. Sin consciousness makes people feel unworthy and condemned. People with sin consciousness have an inferiority complex. They feel as if they can't approach God. You know, this feeling of condemnation is not of or from God. This feeling of condemnation or this sin consciousness is a tactic of Satan, the evil one, 
I mean, as long as you live in this state of mind, you'll never reach your full potential in Christ Jesus. And that's why the evil one wants to keep you trapped in that. He wants to make you feel guilty. He wants you to constantly be feeling unworthy. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 of the King James Version, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then they would not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. The Apostle Paul is saying that you know those who lived under the law also lived in a sin consciousness because the sacrifice of animals could not purge or remit their sins. It could only cover their sins for one year. Otherwise, they would have only had to make the sin offering once. But that was not possible with the blood of bulls and goats. Only by the blood of Jesus can our sins be purged forever. So Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 of the King James Version. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of majesty on high. Now, I want to read this again uh, in the New Living Translation. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purifications for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. See here, the Apostle Paul is telling us that Jesus himself did purge and purify our sins and set down at the right hand of God once and for all time. You know, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our past sins are purged, purified, remitted, gone, never again remembered by God. We are made a new creation, a new spirit. The old man is gone. See, the old man is where these sins were attached to. The old man is gone. We're a new spirit. We're a new creation, and that new spirit and creation has been washed white as snow. It's been washed in the blood of God. Sin, there is no sin. There is no sin on that new spirit. The old man's gone. That's where the sin went. So when God sees you, he sees you just as he sees Jesus, whom he raised from the dead, whom he, he is the first of the newborn. And that's what he sees in us when we're reborn. We're cleansed, made whole. There is no sin. He has no remembrance of what you did. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 of the English Standard Version. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, who knew no sin, was made by God to be sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus bore all of our sins so that we could become the righteousness of God. Think about the depth of 
of what this is saying. Jesus, who was without sin, made to be sin. What does that mean? Jesus was made to be a liar. He was made to be a thief, a murderer, a rapist, one who commits shameless acts, a wife beater, a child abuser, a drug addict, an alcoholic, a pornographer. He was made to be selfish. He was made to be a hater. He was made to be foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, full of envy and deceit. He was made to be a con artist, a gossip, a backstabber. This list of sin can go on for pages and pages. Jesus was made to be all of our sins, not some of them, not one or two of them, not the worst ones. Jesus was made to be all of our sins. He was made to be sin. So regardless of how horrible the sins you've committed may be, Jesus paid the price for those sins. When you're in Christ, there is no longer condemnation, guilt, or shame. You need to get rid of it. Throw it off. You've been reborn. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, this is the English Standard Version. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe let's, let's read that again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If you are a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. You have been set free from the law of sin and death. You are free from guilt and shame. You have been made to be the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 10 of the English Standard Version. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandment shall live by them. But the righteous, based on faith, says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart, we have faith and believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we receive righteousness. And with the mouth, we confess Jesus and receive eternal life. Romans 4, verses 20 through 25, this is the New Living Translation. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. After Jesus died and paid the full price for our sins, he was raised to life. 
becoming the first to be born again. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, King James Version. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. This is the English Standard Version. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15 of the New Living Translation. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. See, when, when God raised Jesus from the dead, we were made to be the righteousness of God through Jesus. Just as Jesus presented himself to God in the most holy place, having been raised from the dead and made new, righteous before God, so are we. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin and unrighteousness. Hebrews 9.14 states, Just think of how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. You have accepted Jesus Christ. You have faith He is risen, the risen Son of God. And you confess Him with your mouth. There is no place for sin consciousness in your mind or life. See, you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. You've been rendered righteous before God. You have been given the same righteousness to approach the throne of God, the most holy place, as Jesus has. You are God's Son. You are the brother of Jesus. Colossians 1, 13-14 of the English Standard Version, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have been delivered from Satan, the domain of darkness. We have been reborn into the kingdom of God through Jesus, God's beloved Son. We have been redeemed. We are redeemed from Satan's dominion and authority. Our sins are forgiven, washed away, remitted, gone with the old man. Think about what righteousness means to us and does for us. We could look at righteousness in the simplest form and say that righteousness simply means that we are right with God. And that's true. It's similar to saying that Jesus was made to be sin. That also is true. It becomes a lot more real when you start to list all of the sins 
that Jesus became instead of just saying he was made to be sin. It, 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 you can relate a whole lot better to it. Well, righteousness is the restoration to man of what was lost in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned. Because of sin, man lost standing with God. Because of Adam's sin, we are all born in sin. Because we are born in sin, we are by nature unrighteous and therefore cannot commune or have fellowship or come into the presence of God in that state. But once we accept Jesus Christ, once we become born again, we become the righteousness of God, a new creation, a new spirit. The old man's gone. All is restored. Not only can we come before God, we are made to be His children. We are made to be the body of Christ. We are seated in the heavenlies with Jesus. We are given full rights in heaven to come boldly before God's throne in the most holy place, the throne of grace. We can come directly to God in prayer in the name of Jesus. He sends the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to live in us. If, if there were any sin or unrighteousness left in us, we could never be given these rights. I mean, there's no way with any unrighteousness you could come before God. It couldn't happen. If you're living in the Spirit of God, you're cleansed and righteous before God. He would have never said in the Scriptures that you're made the righteousness of God and you can come before the throne if you were unrighteous. There's nothing for you to be guilty of. Your past sins are gone forever in the eyes of God, never to be brought up again. They do not exist. And if, if you've committed a sin, if you've committed another sin after your sins have been remitted and you've been created... You have to just confess your sin. Confess your sin before God, and He is righteous to forgive your sins. He's, he's going to forgive your sins, and you're going to be washed in the blood of Jesus. And that's behind you again. It's gone. It's never to be remembered by God again. We need to develop a righteousness consciousness. We are forgiven. We are the children of Almighty God. We are one, joint heirs with Jesus. We are the body of Jesus. We have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. We're, we're part of the body of God now. We're part of the body of Jesus now. We, we have power attorney, but we have hereditary rights to the name now. That's our big brother. That's our brother Jesus. We do not live in shame or guilt. We live in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We've been given the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt us. We've been made the righteousness of God. We walk by faith, not, not in guilt or shame. No, not by we walk by faith now, right? We've not been given the spirit of fear. We've not been given the, the, the spirit of guilt or shame. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're in prison serving a life sentence or on death row because of sins you've committed on this earth. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are made to be the righteousness of God in your reborn spirit. Now, now I know some out there may be gasping right now. How could someone who committed murder or some other horrible crime go to heaven, much less be the righteousness of God? Well, let's look and see what Jesus said. John 3, 16, the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. I point to the word, whosoever. No other qualifications. Doesn't say anything about what type of sins we've committed. I submit to you, when we all get to heaven, you're only going to see brothers and sisters in Christ. We will all be made white as snow. No sorrows, no pains, nothing but the love of God for eternity. You're not going to see any blemishes or stains from somebody's past. You're not going to see any of that on them. You're not going to see what, what horrible sins they may have created or, or, or committed. Uh, you're not going to see that. No, they don't exist. They've been made a new creation. They've been made a new creature. They're a new spirit in Christ Jesus. Those sins don't exist. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, the King James, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-11, through 11, this is the Brian uh, literal Bible. Now this... The one sowing sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one sowing upon blessings will also reap upon blessings. Each as he purposes in the heart, not out of regret or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in every way, always having all sufficiency, you may abound in every good work, as it has been written, he has scattered abroad, he has given to poor, his righteousness abides to the age. Now the one supplying seed to the one sowing and bread for food will supply and will multiply your seed for sowing, and it will increase the fruits of your righteousness, enriching you in every way to all generosity which produces through us thanksgiving to God. What are the fruits of righteousness? Most are familiar with the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But what about the fruits of righteousness? How did God demonstrate the fruits of righteousness? First and foremost, Jesus carried out the will of the Father. Remember, Jesus said in John 5, 19-21, English Standard, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Likewise, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Jesus did those things that he saw the Father do. Jesus ministered. He healed people. He fed people. He raised people from the dead. He performed many, many other miracles. Jesus always walked in love and did the will of the Father to the glory of the Father. We have the same Father. We are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We abide in the vine. We, if we abide in the vine, we will produce the fruit of the vine, Right? Our fruits of righteousness will be produced and evident when we do what God has called us to do in His Word. We are to renew our minds in His Word. We are to spread the Word of Jesus to all nations. We are to walk in love. We are to bless and help others. We are to walk in faith, not in fear. We are to be generous givers. We are to do all things into the praise and glory of God. Fruits of righteousness come by us acting on and living our lives by the Word of God. 
And we are out of time. Now, in episode 20, we will talk about how our faith is hindered by our lack of understanding of our right to use the name of Jesus. So be sure to join me for the next episode. And I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.